Hello, and welcome to Childless Not By Choice. This podcast was created for and about the Childless Not By Choice community on a global level. Before we get started, I would like to thank my sponsors and supporters. Thank you, Morgan Air Conditioning, Sales, Service, and Installation, serving Tampa, Florida, and the surrounding areas. Morgan Air Conditioning can be reached by calling 813-500-7765. That's 813-500-7765. Or their web address is www.morganair.net. That's www.morganair.net. Along with a stellar business reputation in the Tampa, Florida area, Morgan Air Conditioning is also known and well-received for giving back to the community, whether it is back-to-school drives or donating services to the less fortunate. Thank you, Morgan Air Conditioning, for recognizing the vision of Childless Not By Choice and being a part of it. Next, I would like to thank Alba Digital Media for creating my website, www.childlessnotbychoice.net That's www.childlessnotbychoice.net and for producing this podcast. Alba Digital Media's clients include those who need website building and maintenance as well as those like myself who require professional podcast editing. Their client base reflects many industries and levels of needs for professional assistance. To contact Alba Digital Media for your web building and podcast production needs, visit www.albadigitalmedia.com. That's www.albadigitalmedia.com. Thank you, Alba Digital Media, for making me look good and sound good. Finally, I would like to thank Devoted, the musical duo who created my theme music. Thank you, Devoted, for your beautiful music. Devoted has had the opportunity to sing and play in many countries. To contact Devoted for your music needs, visit devotedministries at gmail.com. That's devotedministries at gmail.com. And if you would like to become a one-time or ongoing sponsor, or if you would like to become a patron of Childless Not By Choice, please contact me at sevilla at sevillamorgan.com. That's Sevilla at SevillaMorgan.com for details. Now, on to the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Childless Not By Choice, where my mission is to recognize and speak to the broken hearts of childless not by choice women and men around the world. Savella Morgan here. I am spreading the great news that we can live a joyful, relevant, and fulfilled life, although we could not, did not have the children we so wanted. So, as I said, I my bylines, I'm practicing my bylines. I actually just plucked them out of my intro um, with the assistance of my podcast producer. And so I'm running my two bylines by you. Check these out. To recognize and speak to the broken hearts of childless, not-by-choice women and men around the world. That's byline number one. And my second byline, spreading the great news that we can live a joyful, relevant, and fulfilled life. What do you think? Let me know. 
Uh, as you can see, I'm trying to continue to grow and not stay uh, in one place and become stagnant. We're going to, you know, just grow the, the platform, grow the podcast, mature, evolve, whatever you want to call it. So that's what I'm doing here. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in once more. Before we get fully started here, I want to definitely thank my Patreon contributor. Right now I have one contributor, and uh, that one contributor is Mr. Jordan Morgan. Thank you so much for your patronage, Mr. Morgan. It is truly appreciated. Uh, Patreon contributors are those who have taken an interest in my platform, whether they fit the childless not-by-choice demographic or not. They have decided to contribute a certain dollar amount on a regular basis, monthly, basically, to help fund my dream of creating awareness and conversation for the childless not-by-choice community globally. If you look in the show notes, you'll see the link, the Patreon link. Just click on that link. Uh, for details, it takes you to a whole different website, the Patreon website, and there you can see what your different levels of contributions will earn you. Uh, I do give things away to um, to you based on your level of contribution, um, but that's not to say that you have to give a certain amount. You give what you can if you are interested in being a patron, a Patreon patron, and everything that you give will go right back into the platform. Uh, as far as buying equipment, buying uh, microphones, uh, I had the opportunity last Christmas to get, be given a donation, a contribution from one of my listeners. And with that, I bought some lavalier mics. Those are like the lapel mics, so I can interview somebody face-to-face. -face. I have not done a face-to-face -face yet. But that's what those mics are for. So I'm very thankful for those. And uh, I was also able to buy a mic bag to store my microphones and other equipment in. So that's what happens with the, the patronage money that you send in. It'll go towards making the platform better, um, helping me create classes and uh, put those classes on an even better classroom platform than we have now, all of those things. So any questions about where your money goes or what's done with it, please feel free to ask me. I will let you know for sure. I'm an open book when it comes to that because, um, you know, money's money. People want to know where their money's going and that it's going to a good place. And um, as you as you see, it's we're going on four years now. We're going on four years and there are new countries tuning in all the time. There are a lot more people on the platform now than when I first started. So I think growth is a great indicator that I'm on the right track and that you would be investing into something um, that's, that's good. It's a good positive thing, contribution to the world to help those of us hiding in plain sight who are childless not by choice realize and recognize that Everything will be okay. It's not the way we planned it, but we can and will be okay. Well, this episode, adenomyosis, when I first heard about it, was right in this this month, this very month that I'm recording in April, April 2018. So it's not quite an evergreen episode, but the reason I'm specifying is um, I, I had never heard of this condition before now. Never heard of adenomyosis. It's spelled A, D as in David, E, N as in Nancy, O, M as in Mary, Y, O, 
S as in Sam, I S as in Sam. And the reason I'm spelling it is because apparently there are two ways of pronouncing it, adenomyosis or adenomyosis. So anyway, I've never, I had never heard of adenomyosis until just this month. And I was, I started doing some research on it, started searching around for, basically, I started searching the entire 12 month calendar to see what infertility issues were highlighted in a particular month throughout the year. And I happened upon adenomyosis and that April was the month to highlight this condition. And so I reached out to an adenomyosis website and I never heard back. And um, that's a lesson for somebody out there. If you are maintaining a website, a platform, your dream or whatever it is, stay in touch with your, your platform, your dream or whatever it is, because you never know who's listening and you never know who's reaching out. So I'm not, um, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not berating anyone. I, I know that typically I believe we're all doing the best that we can, but we can really miss out if we create a, a website or a platform or whatever, and then we just forget about it. We can miss out. That's all I'm going to say. So anyway, I never heard back from this group. And I could have reached out to more people. But hey, I'm already burning the candle at both ends. And so another lesson, if somebody if you're running a platform, and somebody's trying to reach out to you, they can find their information from someplace else. So the best thing to be is on, especially if it's a passion of yours or a, a, a compassion, as I always like to say. So I kind of backburnered my research for adenomyosis, and um, I had never really heard any of the women in the Facebook group mention it, so I was like, well, maybe it's not something that many women get. So I just kind of backburnered it, burnered it. But then I had the opportunity to speak to one of the women in our Facebook group, Childless Not By Choice with Sevilla Morgan Facebook group, and she said, that was her issue. Go figure. <laughs> And she she asked that I look into doing an episode. So here we are. We're in April, and we're doing an episode on adenomyosis. And coming up later in, in this episode, you will get to hear a firsthand account from that same woman. So I'm really looking forward to you hearing it, you know, from directly from somebody who um, has experience with it, adenomyosis. So... After speaking with her, the next thing um, I wanted to, to know, f you know, for sure, after we talked about maybe doing an episode and my doing some more research on it, I wanted to know just what adenomyosis was. And I wanted to know how it was similar or different from endometriosis, because at first glance, they seem very similar. In fact, I did an episode on endometriosis a while back. And so there's a link here in the show notes. Please remember to check out the show notes with every episode because I, I, I really put a lot of time into them because I really want you to be able to listen to the episode and then, hey, go back and listen to the episode again, or just check the notes at your own pace because all of the show notes are reflective of what we discussed uh, in, in the episodes. So anyway, episode 59, episode 59 is where um, I talked about endometriosis. So the link will be here in the show notes. And uh, so what is adenomyosis? Well, according to our friendly neighborhood Google, <laughs> adenomyosis, 
occurs when endometrial tissue, which normally lines the uterus, exists within and grows into the muscular wall of the uterus. The displaced endometrial tissue continues to act as it normally would, thickening, breaking down, and bleeding during each menstrual cycle. So I'm going to stop here for just a minute. and I'm going to play the interview that I did with Sandra, who is the woman in our group who um, asked me to do research and do an episode on adenomyosis. And I want you to hear firsthand her account of how she found out that she had adenomyosis. And I really, really want you to hear her because, well, I mean... Just listen, because I've said it over and over on on countless episodes. Get a second opinion. Get a second opinion. It's there's nothing wrong with that. You only have one body. Um, not every doctor knows everything. It is okay to get a second opinion, and it is okay to ask questions. If you have a doctor who is not allowing you to ask questions, or whom you think may not be giving you the entire story get a second opinion. And you'll hear Sandra talk more about that. So here we go. Hi, Sandra, this is Sevilla. How are you? Hi, Sevilla. I'm doing great. How are you? Awesome. Awesome. Um, thank you so much for coming on to the show today. It was such an, uh, a pleasure and an honor to be able to speak with somebody who, well, I'm, I'm sorry that you're having to deal with this, but somebody who is actually dealing with adenomyosis. Um, and I don't know if I'm, I, I'm still struggling with that. I know you and I talked about that before the show. Adenomyosis or adenomyosis? I've heard it <laughs> said both ways. I usually say adenomyosis. Okay. It's easier to say, but then when you try to spell it, yes. it's easier to say it the other way. Right. So you spell it correctly. <laughs> So thanks a lot for coming on to the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, Thank you for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about my experience with adenomyosis. And I really hope that other women will have it, uh, will will find it helpful. I'm sure they will. Um, I did a little bit of research on the on, on adenomyosis. And as we continue on the episode, after we're, you and I wrap up this portion of the episode, I will continue to talk about it. But I'll say the one big thing I didn't realize, well, I didn't know anything about it, but it was really interesting to me that it has something to do with endometriosis. Right. So, well, let's get started. Uh, the first question I have for you is, when did you find out you had adenomyosis? Sure. I found out um, about five years ago. um, And I'll tell you uh, about my diagnosis experience. Um, I first found out I have adenomyosis um, when I was trying to get answers for symptoms that I had for a very long time. So um, just to give you a little bit of background, um, as long as I can remember, I suffered from heavy um, and painful periods. Mm -hmm. Uh, probably from the time that I was a teen, um, and that went on into my adult life. And um, as many girls um, that have the same symptoms, I honestly thought that it was normal. And I was told by uh, my peers and adults that 
that, you know, pain with menstruation was completely normal. So I had no idea that anything um, could be wrong with me. So um, as I got older, the pain and the discomfort got worse. Um, every month I would have to load up on um, Tylenol or Advil. And, you know, I always used to keep a heating pad um, nearby because I just couldn't stand the pain. Um, by the time I got into my 30s, the pain had um, finally gotten so bad that it was keeping me from getting out of bed um, a couple days of my cycle. And um, by this time, um, I remember the pain had become more concentrated. And I remember that I started spotting um, mid-cycle. So um, that was kind of like my first inclination that maybe this wasn't normal and maybe there was something wrong. So um, I made an appointment to see my doctor. Um, I went to my gynecologist and I, I got an exam. I, um, I, I told her about my concerns and she did a pelvic exam. And after the pelvic exam, she sent me to get um, a series of ultrasounds just to take a look at my uterus and my ovaries to see what was going on. So that's when they found the adenomyosis in my uterus. And along with that, they found a two centimeter um, endometrioma on my right ovary. Um, after that, she sent me for another MR, uh, an MRI a few weeks after that, just to confirm um, the results. Um, so I remember sitting at my doctor's office a few weeks after that MRI to go over the results of um, the MRI and the ultrasound. And when she mentioned adenomyosis, I had no idea what that was. I had never heard of it. Um, I remember being alarmed um, and asking her if it was the same as endometriosis, because at that point I had heard of endometriosis and I suspected from my symptoms that I may have endometriosis. Um, but, you know, she proceeded to explain to me what the difference between mm. adenomyosis and endometriosis is. Um, at that point, um, she didn't really discuss, uh, anything regarding treatment. Um, we talked about maybe getting on birth control, but at that point I was not really interested because, um, my fiance, who's now my husband and I knew that we would, um, want to start planning for a family soon. So that was kind of out of the question for us. Um, so I left the office, um, with a diagnosis and in some ways I felt relieved because now I knew what it was. Um, and in a weird way, I was relieved that it wasn't endometriosis, even though later on I would find out that I had endometriosis as well. But, um, by that point, the pain was ma manageable with, like I said, over the counter meds. So that's, um, what I continued to take. Um, for a while. You can, I'm sorry, you can continue to take that for what? Oh, for a while. That's, oh, okay. that's really, you know, there was no, no other alternative for me. Okay. That kind of leads into the second question that I had, uh, which is what did the doctors suggest you do? Yeah. When I first was diagnosed, there was no suggestion. Um, the doctor, uh, to be quite honest, 
she wasn't very knowledgeable. I mean, I hate to say that because she's a doctor <laughs> and I don't want to disrespect my doctor, but um, she was just very um, on the surface about it. She went over the, I guess, the anatomical part where, you know, they explain to you what adenomyosis is and how the condition is, you know, happening in your uterus. Mm-hmm. Um, she said, this is probably what's causing you to spot um, mid-cycle. And that's probably going to be something that that that's going to be normal for you. She used the word normal, which in hindsight, I was thinking, like, how can mid-cycle spotting ever be normal? Mm-hmm. Like, that's, <laughs> that should be a sign that something's off, you know? Yeah. But she, she just kind of um, took it as, you know, uh, this is just something that women, some women have, and you kind of get used to it, to the symptoms. Um, if you're not in a lot of pain, then you know, take um, your over-the-counters, but there's really not much else to be done. Um, did you get like a second opinion or did you switch doctors? <laughs> not at the time. At the time, I was really, um, again, not very knowledgeable. I went home and I started doing my research. And again, I was really relieved that it wasn't endometriosis because at this point, um, you know, my doctor didn't say it was it's not life threatening, but my mm-hmm. doctor didn't say that it would, you know, have an impact on my fertility or she didn't explain to me full on that this may be a problem, you know, down the road, especially with us wanting to conceive. Um, and I did tell her that, you know, that that's why I didn't want the birth control, but she never told me, oh, well, if you guys are trying to conceive, maybe this is something that, you know, you need to look at further before you, um, before you start trying. So, um, at first, no, there was no treatment. Um, the, you know, I just kind of put it in the back of my mind. Um, and yeah, I just kept taking over the counter medication and dealing with heating pads and doing what I was always doing. That, uh, I'm so sorry you had that experience though, because yeah, I mean, it's, 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 you don't want to disrespect your doctors because, you know, they went to school for many years to get that DR ahead of their right. name. But at the same time, come on. You mean she didn't know to tell you? I mean, your fiance is right there. You right. told her that you, you were looking to um, start planning a family soon and she still didn't say anything? Absolutely. And then I continued <laughs> to go to her. I went, I went to her for a year after that. Um, and by, by then we had already gotten married. So we had started trying. And I remember telling her like, we're trying and she knew like she had my history, um, in front of her and she never mentioned adenomyosis as, you know, a potential problem. We didn't really find out that it would be a potential problem until we went, um, a year after trying to conceive naturally and getting um, nowhere, <laughs> mm-hmm. we decided to go see a reproductive endocrinologist for help. And so um, I know many of the women that listen to your podcast already know the extent of, you know, the invasiveness of fertility testing. So I went yeah. through a round of fertility testing and um, they checked everything out. and. Um, we had like an awesome doctor that really explained, you know, every single test and um, every result and what that meant for us. And that's when adenomyosis kind of kept crept back into the picture. Um, The doctor basically said that I had 
four conditions um, that were probably the cause of me not being able to get pregnant. And two out of those four conditions were the adenomyosis and endometriosis. So um, I think the adenomyosis was really kind of like the end of my journey in trying to conceive because, um, you know, that's when I was kind of painfully made aware that, you know, even if you, if we were to go, I mean, we discussed treatment options like IUI and IVF, or those aren't really treatment options, but how to get pregnant, you know? Um, and so with the adenomyosis, at least for me, um, the doctor, the, um, RE did explain that there is no cure and there is no surgery to help with the adenomyosis and any surgery that I would do would be, I'm sorry about that, um, would be so, um, invasive to the uterus that it would probably do more harm than good. So that's mm-hmm. when I knew that, okay, then, you know, that's probably my end of like trying to conceive because I knew even if I wanted to do IUI or IVF, um, you know, my uterus was not in the condition to hold the pregnancy. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of when I had to really take a look at the situation and, um, yeah, you know, I knew that come to terms exactly. With it. I knew that you know I, I mm-hmm. wanted to honor my body and um, do what's best for me. So I had to let go of um, the dream of being pregnant. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to ask you the the question that we all get asked that we we all call our favorite question. <laughs> and I'm sure you know which one I'm talking about. But um, did you guys consider adoption? Um, we did not. And um, we knew from the very beginning, even, you know, before we started trying to conceive, we kind of knew what our limits were as a couple. Mm-hmm. We knew we didn't want to mm-hmm. do IVF. And we knew that adoption wasn't really in the cards for us. It wasn't something that we um, were, I, I guess we didn't have our hearts set on that. So we, we didn't, um, explore it. And, and that's, this is what people need to know when they ask that question, because every childless, not by choice woman, I'm sure has been asked, why don't you try adoption? Absolutely. And it's like, you know, no kidding. I don't think I've ever thought about that, but Mm -hmm. there, there are multiple reasons why we don't adopt if if we choose not to, right. you know, there are all types of reasons for not adopting. And I don't think we should be put into um, the situation of adopting. If it's just something that we're, it's not, it's not Absolutely. for us to do. I think that, you know, it's, yeah. um, it takes, uh, it takes a, a big person to really know that um, if something is not in your heart, then it's not, mm-hmm. you know, you shouldn't go ahead and do it, you know? Exactly. Just for society's exactly. sake. Yeah. So, um, well, you have a global audience here, um, Sandra. So what would you tell other women who suffer with adenomyosis? What would you tell them to do as far as coping, interacting with the medical community, family and friends, even foods to avoid, anything that you want to let the women around the world know? 
Sure. So as I told you earlier, it's been about five years since my diagnosis. Um, I'm doing a lot better um, with coping with the adenomyosis today. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I've made some pretty radical lifestyle changes that I believe have really improved my uh, symptoms. And I'm just going to throw out a little disclaimer out there, you know, um, everyone should do their research and find out what works best for them. Right. So the steps that I've taken for me have worked for me, but I can't really say that they'll work for anyone else. So everyone should really do their, their research. Um, so mainly the changes that I've made, um, have been dietary, um, Adenomyosis and endometriosis kind of go together and they both respond to um, inflammation in the body. So cutting out foods that um, cause inflammation is a really big deal. So for me, that started out with cutting out um, dairy products. Which, um, what was that? I'm sorry, you cut, you cut out there. What was that first one? Sure. I said for me, um, that started out with cutting out dairy products. Dairy, okay. Yeah. Um, because, you know, there's a lot of hormones in dairy. So Mm -hmm. the less dairy you consume, you know, the better balanced your hormones may be. Um, and also that reduces inflammation. Um, I also cut my consumption of sugar. I used to kind of consume a lot of, you know, sugar Mm -hmm. and sugar seems to be hidden in a lot of foods that we don't think have sugar, but, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) if you read your labels, like everything has sugar. So, I started paying more attention to things like that and cutting out sugar. Um, I also cut out um, meat. I mean, I went, ve- my husband and I both went vegetarian, but, you know, just if starting, you know, cutting a little bit of meat back from your diet, especially like processed meats, because those um, cause inflammation also. Um, and then aside from diet, I really just started taking, um, a routine of self care. I started doing acupuncture once a week and I started, um, working out a couple of times a week just to, you know, keep my body flowing and keep myself active. So those, those are the things that I've done. Um, those changes have been wonderful to me. Like I said, um, the mid cycle spotting has become less and less frequent. So I'm not dealing with it as much. Mm-hmm. And also, mm-hmm. um, I have a lot less pain during my menstrual cycle. So I feel a lot better about myself and my body feels a lot healthier. So, so what do you eat then? I'm mostly plant-based. So, um, lots of fruits and vegetables. I still eat maybe too much bread, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but it's like my addiction, but, um, I mainly eat a plant-based diet. Plant-based diet. Yep. Okay. I'm I'm taking notes. Okay. Okay, that's very good information. And, and and I love that you gave the disclaimer because yeah. of course we're all different different things will work right. for different people, but I think these are great, you know, these are great Absolutely. ideas and suggestions. I think you have to know your body, you have to listen to your body and uh right. and just try things out. I know when I first started cutting out meat, people were like, Are you crazy? Um and mm-hmm. it wasn't easy at first, but the more I did it and the more I experimented with like, you know, different veg- vegetarian recipes and 
got into like different types of cuisines, like um, it became easier. And then it just became, you know, part of my daily thing. So, um, became yeah, more just, natural. you know, try, listen to your body and try, try, you know, do your research and try new things. Right. Totally agree. And so, um, is there anything else that you'd like to add before we wrap up this portion of the episode? Sure. Um, just some advice to women who, um, are either experiencing symptoms or are, are concerned that they may have the adenomyosis. I just want to um, give a word of advice to not be afraid to go get checked out. I think that um, no matter what anyone has told you, um, pain is not normal. Um, pain is your body's way to uh, wake you up and let you know that something needs your attention. So don't be afraid to go and speak to your doctor about your concerns. And um, also, don't be afraid to be your own best advocate. Um, we all want to trust our doctors, and um, we think that they should know what is best. But unfortunately, that's not always the case. So um, in the case of adenomyosis, there's still a lot of mystery surrounding the condition. So um, if you suspect that your doctor is not listening to you or, you know, your doctor's not being helpful. Um, don't be afraid to go get a second or even a third opinion. I totally agree. And I've <laughs> said it so many times. Yeah. I know you, you've probably heard me say it on other, other episodes. Don't be afraid to get a second opinion and don't be afraid to have questions for the doctors because they don't know everything. I know they're doctors, but they don't know everything. And um, some of them know more than others. Right. That's just the bottom line. And you're, you're the only, your body's the only body you have. You can't switch bodies, <laughs> you know? So you have to take the best care of your body that you can. So I really appreciate those suggestions, um, especially coming from somebody other than me, because I say it like a broken mm -hmm. record, get a second opinion and have questions for your doctor. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Right. So Thank you so much for your oh, time today, you. Sandra. It is so appreciated. Thank you, Sandra. It was great um, talking I've, to you. No problem. I'm just really happy that I, I was able to get somebody on here and talk to, you know, get hear it from the horse's mouth, for lack of a yeah. better term. <laughs> you know, because I'm not going to pretend I knew nothing about this before, before this month. Mm. So thank you very much for your You're time. You're welcome. Well, I so appreciate Sandra coming on and telling us in her words and experience um, more about this disease. I, as I continued my research, I found this website, doctor.seekin.com, drseekin.com. And on that website, they explained that, quote, adenomyosis is endometriosis strictly in the uterus. It causes the endometrial tissue of the uterus, endometrial cavity, to grow into the uterus muscle, damaging the uterine wall. It is similar to endometriosis, except with endometriosis, the tissue grows outside of the uterus. 
Endometriosis and adenomyosis are both metaplasia conditions, meaning that the diseased cells will change into the organs in which they invade. Wow. In the case of adenomyosis, this causes abnormal uterus cell growth. Due to the similarities but subtle differences between adenomyosis and endometriosis, adenomyosis is often referred to as the quote-unquote sister disease of endometriosis, unquote. So in a nutshell, endometriosis affects the outside of the uterus and adenomyosis affects the inside of the uterus. Just when you think things can't get worse, there is just a different way of childlessness to infiltrate itself uh, into our community. Unbelievable. So to complicate things even further, apparently, with exceptions of course, endometriosis tends to cause infertility, meaning you will probably not have children, and in adenomyosis, you may, you may still be able to have children before adenomyosis sets in in your later years. But as you just heard from Sandra, it, this happened in her earlier years. So it, it can happen at any time. If it happens, then you're probably going to have infertility issues is basically what they're saying. Go figure. So once again, according to drseekin.com, a younger woman can get adenomyosis and end up never having children. Why? Because if she has adenomyosis, she probably has endometriosis, just like Sandra said. Oh, all I could say is wow. Um, so as I continued on the drseekin.com website, I, you know, m- many of you know that I like statistics. I think statistics paint a, a truthful picture. It, it paints things just the way they are. And so the statistics that I found were that about 40 to 50% of patients with adenomyosis are likely to have endometriosis. 50% of patients with adenomyosis will also have cases of fibroids. Hmm, Welcome to my world. One in five patients diagnosed with endometriosis after the age of 30 will have adenomyosis or be at risk for the disease. Patients with adenomyosis will often also present with anemia, which is a condition where the body has a deficiency of blood cells or hemoglobin and in turn will result in a pallor or weak, uh, pallor and weak appearance. And adenomyosis is a major cause of hysterectomy. Symptoms. Symptoms can range from heavy periods to difficult bowel movements, to no symptoms at all. See the drseekin.com site for the full list of symptoms. And of course, talk to your OBGYN about the options that suit you. Everyone is different. So what may have worked for your friend or even your sister may not work for you. And while we're on that subject, I know I sound like a broken record. I know I even said it earlier in this episode but have questions when you go to see your doctor. If you feel you need to, based on what he or she suggests, get a second opinion. In the show notes, I added a link for webmd.com because there seemed to be a video embedded, I would guess, more information about adenomyosis. I was not able to get it to play, 
but hopefully you will be able to get it to play. I also went to healthline.com, H-E-L-T-H line.com, healthline.com, because I've used them for research in the past. But after several websites, the information is generally the same. I just want you to see the research links that I used. Um, And I'm quoting here from alternativesurgery.com. Much like fibroid tumors, adenomyosis produces physical, emotional, and psychological challenges that can significantly affect a woman's lifestyle. As symptoms progress, many patients begin to feel quote-unquote trapped without a way to escape this disease, unquote. This is from alternativesurgery.com. That's another website that you might want to visit. And please keep in mind, my podcast episodes are not suggestions for treatment. I'm simply researching issues and diseases that affect our childless, not by choice community to bring awareness. You should still see a doctor of your choice and come to decisions with your doctor as to best treatments for yourself. Having said that, I have put the link to alternativesurgery.com in the notes below under links used for research. Also, there is a video on that website under the adenomyosis section that is just over a minute long. So as I said, I had no idea this disease state existed before this month. Uh, At the time of this recording, I truly learned quite a bit in conducting my research. Uh, If this is something you have been diagnosed with or you are now wondering if this is what is actually the diagnosis, I hope you can talk to your medical professional with less trepidation after listening to this episode. Thank you for listening, and uh, please check out the show notes again for each episode and to, to see my contact information. And of course, if you'd like to leave me a message in 90 seconds or less, visit the website www.childlessnotbychoice.net, look up to your left, and click the link below our old-timey telephone. Uh, when you do that, it'll open up a box and it, it will allow you to leave a message in 90 seconds or less. If you make a mistake, you can delete the message and start over. You can do that as many times as you like. But um, I love hearing messages to me. Messages are like mail. So please feel free to leave the messages. It doesn't have to be about this episode or anything or or a particular episode. It can be. If you just want to leave a message as to how the podcast has helped you, or even if you have suggestions or questions, feel free to leave me a message there. And of course, if you'd rather just uh, message me in Facebook, that's fine too. And just give me about 24 to 48 hours to respond in Facebook, okay? So um, stay tuned. We have more great episodes coming up. Uh, I'm going to be interviewing a um, licensed uh therapist, a psychologist pretty soon on marriage and family matters. Uh, As many of you know, the childlessness issue can add an added wrinkle to a marriage. And because I am not married, I am not going to pretend to understand what goes on with that you know, with the issues behind that. So I've asked this therapist to come on and talk to us. So if you have any questions for the therapist, please get them to me again via the telephone or just by messaging me no later than May 4th. 
and I'll go ahead and ask her those questions on the, the episode. So please, if you have questions, please um, just message me or, or leave the message on the phone, okay? I, I'm going to ask her as many messages as I can. If we have to make it a two-part episode, then we'll do that. But uh, I'm really looking forward to this interview because I know many women in the group have discussed the fact that it's sometimes it's, it's an added issue when uh, childlessness um, affects a marriage. So I know this episode will, will be great. So thanks again for listening. I really appreciate it. Check out the links in the show notes for the what I use to research. And of course, check out the articles. You know, I always post articles in there, um, stories around the world of people dealing with childlessness. So check those articles out. And until next time, have a great one. Bye.